following podcast contains beer, banter, and absolutely no legal advice from four family lawyers speaking in a personal capacity. Any views expressed are our own and not those of our employers or chambers. Any legal commentary is for your amusement only. Always seek specialist legal advice. Welcome to the Without Prejudice podcast. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Without Prejudice podcast, uh, as many as nine, and we are back with another guest episode. Uh, before we introduce our guest, I'll introduce the three people who keep coming back and speaking to me each week. We have Sean Hilton, solicitor at Stevens and Bolton in Surrey. Um, a little unknown fact about Sean, he once got told off on a plane by the angry wife of Harry Potter star Timothy Spall. There you go, you didn't know that, did you? We I have... didn't even know that one. Well, there you go. We have uh, Darren Hart from Vitalingham K, based in London. Uh, a little unknown fact about Darren, he once ran a half marathon and passed out 400 metres before the finishing line. He was brought round by paramedics whilst telling them to get off him and that he would end them. Oh, <laughs> very naughty. Where uh, are you last, getting this from? <laughs> well, and last but not least, we have our little barrister, Mark Samuels, from 36 Family in London. To unknown fact about Mark, he has met the members of One Direction after going backstage at a JLS concert. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is true. Uh, and last but not <laughs> least, I'm, I'm Dan Chalmers, a solicitor at Clinton's, and you probably didn't know that all those three things have actually happened to me. That's right. <laughs> really? <laughs> no way. Wow. You met yeah. the members of One Direction at a JLS concert. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Three of them. Three of them. <laughs> and you passed out 400 metres before the end of a run. Yeah. And then you said you'd end the paramedics. Telling the paramedics, <laughs> get off me, I will end you. Yeah. I mean, that's got a ring of truth about it. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought after my intros a few episodes back, I thought I'd take the piss out of myself a bit. Turn week, on yourself. So you that's amazing. <laughs> There you go. So on to our guest this week. We've gone slightly outside our comfort zone and we've dared to invite someone from outside the world of family law. This week we welcome Jodie Hill, an employment law solicitor and the founder and managing director of the multi-award winning law firm Thrive Law. The firm specialises in employment law and HR, but also of which is particular relevance to us and something we've touched upon in podcasts previously, mental health and well-being. Unlike our very own Mr. Samuels, Jodie saw sense at the start of her legal career, training as a barrister and duly cross-qualified as a solicitor. <laughs> Jodie has a significant online and social media presence with a number of online videos across a number of different platforms. Her interviews about all matters employment and campaigns regarding mental health have seen her feature on Sky, BBC, The Times, The Law Society Gazette, and as recently as yesterday, I understand, an in-person interview on ITV. Only this morning, Jody was tweeting saying that presence in a virtual world is so relevant to everyone right now. So with all that in mind, we were very keen to get Jodie onto the podcast, as we have no doubt she's been one of the busiest people since the pandemic hit. And we wanted to chat about how she's been affected both professionally and personally. So welcome, Jodie. Awesome. That was a bit of an intro. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> there we go. We, we take the intro very seriously. On this oh, wow. Welcome, Jodie. Oh, yeah, thank hi. you. Thanks for joining us. Dan thank is available, by the way, for all public speaking guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could I wheel you in when I'm doing it my next news feature? That would be great. Yeah, of course you can. Not a problem. I can do the intros. When they're written down, it's absolutely fine. When I make them off the top of my head, it's not as good as the guys well know. But um, <laughs> yeah. So how's everyone been? Yeah. Yeah, good. Bad. You had a busy day, Jodie. 
Yeah, it's pretty busy. I always have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are like super busy. So I look forward to Fridays. I book no meetings in. It always ends up being busy, but it feels like a less busy day because they don't have scheduled meetings. But yeah, it's just it's just madness at the moment. It's really just so much changing with employment law, as, as you've obviously seen in the media. Um, so it's just keeping on top of that. And obviously clients moving at different at different speeds as well. You know, some people obviously already going back to work, others not, others thinking about staying at home. So yeah, it's just a lot to juggle. And obviously I'm running, as you can see, running my firm from my house. So interesting times, definitely. Have you been at home from the very beginning, sort of March or... Yeah, so yeah. we actually, we already were working at home. So the kind of ethos of Thrive was that we work smart. So we work wherever and whenever we want, but as long as the, we focus on outputs rather than hours um, and location. So we were actually already set up to work from home. So the transition was quite easy, but I just haven't had everyone working at home at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the challenge. And like, you know, when you've got a big case on, when you want to try and work as a team, it's just a little bit harder, especially, I mean, we're lucky all of our stuff is online, but like the tribunals still expect you to have paper copies and that's a difficult situation yeah. when you've got yeah. people all across the UK trying to work on the same file so yeah I'm sure you guys have probably had similar challenges as well. Yeah I think uh, today has been a particular challenge I've just had a listing through for a hearing next week and it's like have to set everything up remotely have to do bundles yeah and just not being in the office just creates a significant panic so I yeah. am currently loving my afternoon beer to try and take the best <laughs> of the yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it leads me on to my... JD, we always do a regular segment, which still doesn't have a name or a theme tune, but it will happen, where we go around and talk about what we're each drinking. I set myself a challenge when we started doing this podcast to make sure I had a different drink each week. And I'm living up to that today. So yeah, today's, going. today's beer for plugs for freebies... Always <laughs> Totally unsuccessful plugs, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> We're nine in and we've received nothing. I think the problem is that I'm relying upon the breweries that I'm drinking to just randomly listen to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> true. And go, oh my God, this guy needs free beer. <laughs> 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 Take this one step further and actually tell these breweries that I'm drinking their beer. So I've gone through a bit of a weird one today. It is a beer by Northern Monk Brewery called Tropical World. It's a tropical smoothie IPA. Yeah, a bit odd, a bit outside my normal comfort zone. But hey, you've got to stretch these things sometimes. Very good. And Very nice. It's different as well. So yeah, well done. Yeah, different one. What about you, King of Beers, Dan Chalmers? What you well, got a surprise for us this week, maybe. Bo boring Brian over here. He's, he's only <laughs> had two or three drinks. So no, I've gone uh, back to the black stuff. Ladies and gents, mm, so I'm on yes. a nice Guinness, which is, uh, was, as Sean said, definitely needed uh, after today. Um, been one of those days. But uh, yeah, back on the black stuff for me. Dazza, what about you? Very nice. Well, after last week, you remember I had went for, for a cocktail and uh, that ended disastrously because I was quite drunk by the end of, <laughs> by, by the end of recording this. So as nice as the old fashioned was last week, um, I've, gone back, I've, I've gone back to the beer. Uh, I'm going to go on for one I've had before. We'll plug uh, Brewdog again this week. Uh, Free is always welcome. It's uh, one I've had before. It's Excellent. a Clockwork Tangerine IPA. Oh, you like that one? Is, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's becoming a favourite of yours, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I must say, yeah, so... Sake, as well you were pretty bold last week on the old fashions mate you can't it was very it. nice but mark what about you i i'm again being slightly boring as i was last week although i switched away from gin i'm on vodka and soda for this afternoon Dan Chalmers' second favorite drink <laughs> yeah i do like a vodka soda I do like a vodka soda it's, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. It's not neat, but yeah there's, there's, there's <laughs> some soda in there <laughs> don't tell people it's three o'clock it's evening <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm mistaken. It's definitely eight o'clock in the evening. Jane, yeah. what about you? You said you've got a um, meeting later on as well. So. Yeah, so, well, my meetings luckily are, are non-legal meetings, I'd like to caveat. Um, so they are marketing <laughs> and um, fancy dress quiz. So I've, I've gone for a large pink gin and tonic. Thank what were you dressed, Jody? What are you dressing ah, up as? Got there first. Um, oh my god, I can't believe I have to say this. So, um, so, we, so we're all, god, this is embarrassing. So I'm dressing up as Harley Quinn because we have to dress up as a, a movie character, and it's just the only one cool. outfit that I already had. So my team are going to be really shocked. Be <laughs> 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 like, what are you wearing? So I think they're going for like James Bond and like you know really cool stuff, and I'm going in. Yeah, so so that's good. So safe. Yeah. I think maybe the large pink gin and tonic is probably a good idea. Yeah. I yeah. Think you're gonna, so. gonna rock up on your firm quiz dress as Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to have prep for that. I think as well. I wouldn't worry about having a gin before a legal meeting anyway. I reckon I'd probably give better legal advice than I've had a beer. In yeah. Second I, mean, I should add. I should add for the purposes of employment prosperity that I've never actually done that. <laughs> I get away with it. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh. Well, look, we tend to treat these uh, guest pods as a bit of a opportunity for a Q&A. Jodie, obviously, you've got an added dynamic because you come from outside the family law world. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing that most people listening to this are probably family lawyers. Uh, maybe after this, we'll have more employment lawyers listening. In, <laughs> who knows? But as Dan mentioned in the intro, one of the reasons that we were keen to get you on is because I've sort of followed your uh, work online for quite a while now on social media. And as Dan mentioned, we've talked a lot, actually, in the last few weeks about the impact of lockdown on sort of mental health and then that led us into general conversations about um, working practices and this kind of law firm ethos and um, how that can impact upon mental health and maybe how the traditional ways of working often don't fit hand in hand with the focus being on well-being mm. so that was what we were really interested to talk to you about and I know that you've sort of been running a lot of campaigns about increasing awareness of mental health in the workplace yeah. I was really interested to know sort of from you um, how you've managed to sort of set up Thrive with the focus being on uh, awareness of mental health and how you already mentioned about sort of how you practice slightly differently to yeah. put the focus on that. Mm. Um, yeah, and I wanted to know really sort of how that all came about. Sure. So I, so I actually had my own mental breakdown. So I call it my breakthrough and I left private practice and that for me was me creating a safe place for me to work. And then it kind of just grew from there. And I started to attract people with similar values, with similar beliefs and actually attracting clients with the same ethos as well. So I think in practice, you have two issues. One is you kind of, you billable hours targets and you, obviously mm. the fact that you, it's let's leave, let's be the last person to leave even if we've got no work there seems to be that ethos a little bit especially in bigger firms um and i think that's it's just a really unhealthy practice so um that was part of the reason i wanted everyone to kind of work if they wanted to work from home or work in the office or you know wherever from a coffee shop if they want to and that kind of more collaborative empowered way of working for for us has just worked really really well and I just know that that's how I work better. So I was like, well, if I work better that way, then surely other people must also benefit from that. So let's just see how it works. And, you know, some people prefer being in the office all day and they're really hating lockdown. It tends to be the more junior staff, but the more senior staff are actually really loving working from home permanently. So 
so yeah it was kind of born it was born two years ago on that basis because it was more focused selfishly around creating something for myself but also I didn't think there was a law firm like ours um, I didn't really think that everything we do is on fixed fee we don't have billable hours we work really flexibly and like you say everything is focused around well-being so you know it's quite I think it's quite rare for an employee to say you know I've got anxiety to their like senior partner or I you know actually I'm feeling really overwhelmed by this project because it's seen as a sign of weakness and they're so worried about climbing that corporate ladder that they're just like oh I just I'm not going to say anything I'm just going to keep going and what that does is in my view is just breeds this really unhealthy culture and it's really hard to get out of that so I just broke away from it and made my own culture and it's it's, yeah so we are thriving at Thrive that's how that's how (laughs) the testament comes to the fact that firms obviously doing amazingly well and winning awards Mm. left right and center yeah Um, and I think what it comes down to is the fact that you know we are people who work in more traditional firms and I I should add I don't want to speak for everyone but I think all of our firms, obviously, Mark, you're self-employed, so you can do what the hell you want. Um, but like Darren and Dan, like our firms, I think, are generally really good. I, I know I could go to my boss and say, mm. I just need a day to just kind of yeah. sort my headspace out. Yeah. Um, I suppose the fact that I would get in that situation in the first place shows that there's still work to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I think all the time that you're measured in these traditional parameters in terms of hours build, mm. output, realization, all the time you're measured in that way, you're forced to work in a way that, that sort of fits along with those measurements you know how can I make my application to be promoted if I can't then say well my realization rate was x and my time recording was x and this Mm. is my output you know it has to come from the top down Mm. as in if you measure people in a traditional way they have to work in a traditional way Mm. Um, I don't know what you think guys what do you Dan what do you think yeah I agree with you I think that um yes I mean it's slightly different I guess for you and I in that we have sort of multi-service law firms uh Sean and Darren's more focused but I think we all have and could all safely say we've got bosses that if we went up to them and said, look, I'm struggling, um, they mm. would all act, they would all help us. Um, they'd probably be, as you say, more angry that we hadn't gone up leading up to that and said, yeah. look, I'm, I'm struggling with this. But I think it's become a really big thing in family law. But I think in law in general, it's, mm. it's the kind of perception that we're all out to, you know, just really the hours and the bills and all that sort of stuff. But if you're not focusing on yourself and the well-being I think it can have a massive effect particularly on junior members coming into the profession because mm. we've touched upon this before not only is it really hard to become a lawyer now and I wouldn't want to be going mm. through it so there's all that stress but once you get there you're trying to get to the top as quickly as possible and you know people really do struggle I think at times and particularly as uh, Jody said in the bigger firms where maybe you might consider yourself more of a number than the smaller firms and then you, you become a bit more of a name but I think it's, it's such a big thing that has has to be looked at and i know it's, it's something within family law it's really sort of picked up in recent years but actually should be it shouldn't just be family law employment law. it should be all law yeah agreed. yeah absolutely yeah i do i think that there's a lot of there's a bit there's been a shift definitely when i first set thrive up it was a bit like what are you doing like you know that's first of all i was only 29 so everyone was like what are you doing and then the fact that my focus is around well-being like no one's done that before and everyone was like okay yeah we'll see if that works you know and there was a lot i faced a lot of especially like partners in bigger firms like talking about it in a way that they were they were like mm, is it do, do people really care that much but actually people are looking for things other than money in an illegal career now they are looking for like you guys have got really supportive employers and you you know you guys are probably quite lucky to have that because there's still a lot of firms where even though they say they're doing things what they practice they're not practicing what they preach and I work a lot with the SRA and the Law Society on this and we're one of their um, equality diversity mentors which 
not sure how that happened, but anyway, I, I have mentoring <laughs> on this. But the reason they asked us was because they said out of all the firms they interviewed, where employees were, employers were saying, this is what we do, this is how amazing we are. And then employees were going, that's not what happened. But I can't mm. talk to that person. There was this real disparity of what managers believe they did or, were, or how easy they were to approach to how employees actually saw it. And I think that's where there's a real issue in our profession is that there is definitely like the will and the want for business, uh, for lots of firms and businesses in the legal sector trying to make a difference and obviously make an impact but it's not always communicated or easily accessible to the people who need it and so that's the problems that we're facing at the moment is it's partly about communication but also about being authentic and part of the culture because if it's not part of the culture it seems really disingenuous to say oh we've got this scheme we've got all these things you can do and then when you do need support actually you are passed for that promotion or or you know maybe you're not invited to something or I, I don't know then there, there's more mm. subtle things that happen but yeah I do I think I think the the, the, the professions come a long way and like you've got charities like Lawcare um, which are amazing have you have you guys heard of Lawcare? Absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I was thinking the antithesis of that is these, uh, you know, firms who have these employee support phone lines. Mm. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, if you need it, there is someone that you can call. And, and but, you you know, if you need the number, contact HR. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that, am I? Sure. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? The idea yeah. that you have to like go to HR and say, can I please have the number so I can make a confidential phone call? Mm. Yeah. I, I think what you said, Joe, is totally right. I think a lot of firms get on the bandwagon in terms of saying, oh, we, we prioritize this. Mm. But when the culture is so sort of traditionally <laughs> set up to measure in standard parameters, you can't really say that you truly are prioritizing well-being and mental mm. health. And yet you're expecting your fee earners, especially in sort of employment and family, I suppose. You know, we are emotional sponges. You know, we have to take on board mm. a lot yeah. of baggage uh, and it's not easy. And I know there are some firms out there, uh, family law firms, who have sort of done really well at setting up uh, policies and procedures for supporting staff. Mm. Um, and if it, I think if it was my way and if, you know, if I had my firm, I would make my fee earners go to counselling like mm. once a month. I think that, you know, having someone who can come into your office once a month and speak to each fee earner yeah. just as like a way of offloading can be hugely valuable. And <laughs> yeah, I could go to my boss and say, I need a day. I'm just not feeling great. But if I've got to that point, then I've probably had at least a week of feeling rubbish and trying to keep mm. my head above water. And if maybe if there was someone who you could speak to a bit more openly about things, you'd, you'd avoid getting to that point in the first place because you'd have better coping strategies. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's, um, has anyone seen Billions where they have the psychiatrist that goes in the office every day? Like, yeah. doesn't everyone want one of those? Like, yeah. I just think that's like that's my actual <laughs> goals for my business to have our own in-house psychiatrist that anyone can just like pop in and just lie on the couch and be like, right. This has happened. <laughs> what is going on? But actually, you know, the, the concept of that, like you say, is, is actually, you know, rather than having like a, a mysterious phone line that you don't know how confidential it is, having someone that is just there. Um, mm. The problem is, is it costs a lot. That's that's part mm. of the, the issue. And when I say it's, it's goals, like I would love to have that part of, of our office where we could have that kind of well-being space where we have the ability for someone to come in, like you say, once, once a week or once every two weeks for people to just drop in and it's completely confidential. I think that's a really nice idea for, for, for firms. And I know there's been a lot of change in terms of space. So there's lots of 
have you heard of wobble rooms and like well-being spaces so the nhs have been uh, talking about it more recently because of covid but workplaces have been doing this for years where they have like a well-being room so it's like a really quiet chill, chilled out room not so many law firms i haven't seen actually have these but a lot of our clients have them and it's just like a really chilled room with loads of mental health resources but it's a room you can go into if you're actually feeling a bit anxious and it's actually quite a calm room because sometimes I think when you're in an open plan office and there's noise and you're absorbing everybody else's emotions and stress it can become really overwhelming even if you don't suffer with anxiety so just having that like space to go to that physical space can be really really helpful for people and which actually thinking about it now we've got lots of people working from home offices are probably going to have more space so it could be something that firms can facilitate i love that i love yeah i just tend to have a nap under my desk (laughs) (laughs) i've done that before but i've done that before but that was definitely when i've been hungover (laughs) well well, jody i mean those are quite interesting um thoughts in terms of employer side resource and particularly how they can approach um mental health and well-being provision for their staff obviously having seen some of your videos and some of your social media output you also have given some really extraordinary um and i think very very helpful tips for mental health i mean particularly on this podcast we have spoken a lot about the l word that we're all very bored of now lockdown and (laughs) how mental health has quite rightly um come even more to the forefront in the past few months and so question that I would really put to you at the risk of asking you to um, cover grounds that you already have on social media. Given that our listenership are predominantly practitioners, what Mm. sort of tips would you give to people who are now having to work at home, potentially be isolated? What sort of tips would you say, um, if it's not too unfair a question? Mm -hmm. No, it's um, a good question. I like it. Consider. Okay, so for me, and this is actually what I, because I do this with my team as well. So I, I, I'm an early riser. So I would say find your routine. For me, it's really important to still have a routine when you work from home. How early are we talking? 5 a.m. I'm part of the 5 a.m. Yeah, are you in the 5 a.m. club? I'm in the 5 a.m. club. I thought I was early. That's early, guys. Yeah, that's very early. I'm 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 part of the 6 a.m. club, not 5. It's addictive. It's totally addictive. It's so addictive. But actually, now we don't have the commute. I've got even more hours. So I'm like, oh, I'll do a bit of yoga. I'll do extra exercise. So, yeah, I think for me, the lockdown was really, really hard when we first went in, mainly because there was so much to do. And obviously, I'm running... I'm running the firm. I'm the culp, the coffer, the money laundering officer. I'm all of those people plus plus doing everything else. So it was just manic. So what what I did for myself was... I'm an early riser anyway, so I was like, right, I'm going to use this time while it's quiet to, first of all, identify, I actually, I do three things in the morning. I put right down three things I'm grateful for to set my mind. I do, I write down the three key things I need to complete that day because we all have, I mean, I've got a list like this. And if I look at that first thing without just having a coffee or like sitting down and actually taking in my, like what I've got to do it's just overwhelming so I think you set three what are the three most important things and if you work in threes you actually get through things a lot easier and I always say like pick the I always say eat the frog you've probably heard that saying before but you just I think you and I had definitely been reading the same same books books. (laughs) and I literally 
I literally do that. It but works. It works. It actually works. Eat the and biggest like, frog first. Yeah, eat the biggest, ugliest, scariest frog first, and because I naturally, because I have anxiety, I procrastinate. I'll overthink things. So if I pick the the hardest, biggest thing to do first, you actually have such a sense of achievement before, like, so for example, I get up at five, and before nine, I've done four hours. That's most people's lunchtime. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm winning at life. Um, and then my staff log in, and they're all ready to go because I've set them off for the day. And we just have like a really good routine and setting that routine is really important. So not just at the beginning of the day, but at the end of the day, I just actually reflect on my whole day. I go through my list again, check I've got everything done and, and then have that kind of wind down. So it's having that tur- like turning on your day and turning it off because I'm actually sat in my living room right now. And if I didn't do that, you're constantly on. And I think oh. it's having that transition because you don't have the physical space to go, All right, I'm getting in my car and I'm switching off it's that it's that mindset thing and there's just something about doing that so yeah there's that and then the other thing I would I'm a massive advocate for is just exercise like it for me it's just getting outside obviously the weather is atrocious today I don't know about where you guys are but it is chucking it down it's like awesome here yeah, not good here either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, for me, actually, exercising is, is a massive part. So I don't take medication anymore. And part of my management of my anxiety is to ensure that I, ha- I do daily exercise. So even if that's just a half an hour walk, and, it, and I had to build that in gradually because I did feel quite overwhelmed by like how much work I had to do. And I was like, oh, I don't have time to do that. So I'd, I'd actually just built it in 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, and then built it up to like 15. And now I'm doing like an hour of exercise a day. Um, some days I'll just do half an hour and just be kind to yourself when you don't do it as well. I think it's, you can almost put too much pressure on yourself. And the reality is we are in a pandemic. It isn't a productivity contest. And whilst I might sound like I'm doing a lot before before 9am, that is just the best time that my brain works. So if you're, if you're not an early riser, I would say like work, get up later, get that sleep in the morning because your sleep is really, really important. Um, especially as lawyers, like our brains are our tools. So we need to rest them and we need to look after them. Um, and so I think that was one of the, the key things I learned through my breakdown and breakthrough, as I now call it, is that actually I can't do my job without my brain. So, you know, as, as lawyers, we have to look after our brains more than anything. And physical exercise it link, is so intrinsically linked to our mind that it, you, well, I just personally, I can see within two days if I haven't been training, like the difference in my mindset. So I think it's just finding what works for you as well. Like some, I, I like to, I did boxing this morning and that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, but you know, some people like to do yoga or go for a run. But I've got a boxing bag in my spare room, like smashing it. You've, you've hit, hit a note there, Joni, because you, you uh, Darren and I were due to have already done a charity boxing match against each other in April. Oh we're going to fight each other. So it, it, got, it, got, it got postponed with the virus. So it's due to, it's tentatively listed for listed. Yeah, day job. Sorry, it is 3 p.m. Yeah, 8th of October. 8th of oh, October, we're so due to be uh, having our charity boxing bout. Are you still training? Uh, so I'm, not, I'm not really doing box boxing specific training, but I'm training most days. Like Jody said, if I don't, yeah. I think I kind of go on a down. Wow. I do a lot. Of, I play sport at the weekends. Obviously, that yeah. hasn't happened. I can now get back on the golf course, as I seem to mention every week somehow. Um, but uh, it's, I'd, I'd like to exercise, so I just do it yeah. all the time. And I would get in a rut if I didn't really, I think. Yeah, same, um, same. Yeah. Completely agree with what you said about like, kind of, if you haven't exercised for a few days, you do notice it in your just like performance and your mood. So absolutely. So yeah, same as you, Dan. I haven't been doing any boxing training, but uh, 
Sounds like Jody could give you a bit of coaching. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, I was dying this morning, I tell you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've been doing yeah. it virtually. So I've got a boxing bag in my house and um, basically one of my friends does boxing as well and she's got it in her house. So we, we do it together on, on our like WhatsApp video. So it's really random, but it actually just gives you a little bit. It's quite hard. Like, I'm used to training with people and, and yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very much a people person. I, I'm, I genuinely hate not seeing people and not hugging people i'm a hugger sorry guys that's me <laughs> but you know virtual hugs virtual i'm hugs. literally virtual hugs so i <laughs> i find it really hard um not seeing people and not being around people and i do like my own advocacy I like to be in court like at, at just literally being at my desk all day i think is the hardest thing for me i can't sit still so having the break with the exercise and actually training with someone on facetime has been really helpful so i've been doing like just did with different friends, like training on FaceTime. And now you can train in the garden. That's really been really good because one of my friends has got like a gym in the garden. I was like, yes. <laughs> so um, it's nice. been, yeah. And it's, it's just obviously as we start to come out of it and, and being able to add some of the old stuff back in, um is helpful but yeah i've missed i've missed the gym i know it sounds really sad but um it was just something somewhere to get away more than anything you know it's not the office it's not home it's kind of like just your little you're in the zone yeah i'm doing everything in the house so some days i don't leave for like days on end i'm like i should probably go out (laughs) should probably go to the shop (laughs) yeah i I went for a walk yesterday because i realized i hadn't left the house in three days yeah i did it's so easily done done isn't it and as you yep. say, i get up early in the morning and i tend to do my exercise first thing and then crack on with the day but you end up sitting there you think well i'd only be on the train coming home so i'm still sat here at eight nine o'clock you know working mm-hmm. away which is good and bad but then you just yeah. think oh, i haven't been out today um, yeah. or yesterday or the day before it's so easily done isn't it you just kind of get a bit lost i mm-hmm. think when this all started everyone was really keen because it was the only thing we could do was go for walks yeah, so everyone yeah. Was going for well, walks. the supermarket shop became yeah. the highlight of the week didn't it yeah <laughs> that's it but as the weeks have gone on i think people you know you need to kind of remind yourself to keep going and you know yeah. keep that you just get out get outside as it were yeah well, I think, Jodie, I mean, it connects with what you said about the getting up early, etc. Now, for people who don't get up at what is, you know, objectively a ridiculous time, they just don't <laughs> understand the benefit of it. You get such a boost in satisfaction because if you can get a load of stuff done before it's even 10 in the morning Mm. my god you feel so righteous because you've broken the back of the day and it's still morning and the rest of the world is still you know bleary-eyed and making their coffee and then you know depending on how the day goes you can almost autopilot your way through the afternoon because you've got quite a lot of your hard tasks done I mean there are other factors like um, for me court etc completely disturbs that and I suppose the point that I was going to make is if you are to do that, and I, I would totally encourage it because I love it, mm. but you have to be realistic about being disciplined about when your day ends mm. and allowing it to end. Because if not, you just get squeezed at both ends. Yeah. And as you say, one of the things that I found really impacts my own mental health is uh, sleep. Mm. So, Huge you know, one for me as well. Yeah, sleep. I think you're right there. Because if you don't, if you worked at both ends, like to the same extreme, you will then burn out. Like we are human beings. It's impossible to sustain that level of commitment of work. As, as much as anyone, anyone thinks that you can work 15 hour days forever, it is impossible to do. I've been there. I've done that. Don't do it. And actually. But also like the 15 hour sleep that yeah. Dan and Sean do. Um, I mean, that, that's just not productive either. <laughs> 
I, like, I, mean, I know what I need to get. I've got like my, my set hours. I go to bed between half nine and half ten and I get up at five. Like, and as long as I get, as long as I'm asleep before half ten, I feel fine. If I go to sleep any later, I can, I literally, I'm like, up oh, snooze, like straight away. It's, it's so funny, like how your brain is just like, no, I'm not ready yet. No, I need, I need a little bit more. Yeah, but I don't think there's any danger. I think I slept for, I've been getting quite decent sleep until recently and it's just because work's picked up. But I was, I got 10 hours the other week and that's the most I must have had in years. Yeah, I don't yeah. I'm, a, a, I'm a kind of, six hours for me is my, right, if I can, I can function well on six, less I'm a bit groggy, more is a bonus. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Sean is getting nowhere near any of that at the moment with a, with a new As a new father. Yeah, I've got a little baby, 14 <gasps> weeks old now she is. Oh, it's not that bad she's fab in the evenings so um actually it's okay but yeah early mornings can be i was up at i don't know 4 30 this morning doing nappy changing um, oh, similar time to us then yeah. do, you, do you go back to bed or do you um do you you know start uh, the day yeah, i did go back to bed for a bit after that but it's yeah. just hard, isn't it? When you, and the other thing as well, you don't sleep as well because you've always got one ear open because you're sort of constantly yeah. thinking yeah. about when you might have to get up. But I can't complain. It's uh, it's well worth it. I can suffer for a lack of sleep for a, a few months. Um, mm. I'm sure I'm not going to keel over. She's going to be a proper lockdown baby. She hasn't got a clue what's going on. She won't remember yeah. any of this. All this nonsense <laughs> essentially changed the world. She doesn't realise how good she's got it. She's got like mum and dad on tap 24-7. No, that's so Yeah, good. that is a big I'm here difference. all the time, yeah. which is great, you know, because as I said before, I get to see everything and spend time yeah. with her. That's going to be hard for you when we go out of lockdown, I suppose, unless um, our respective yeah. employers, as we've touched on, adapt to working and actually being in the office becomes less of a requirement. And uh, Jodie, as you know, the practice you run, there's a lot more flexibility. And if you want to work mm. from home, you want to work from a coffee shop, whatever yeah. you can do. Yeah, yeah. Do you think a lot awful. of that? Sorry, Sean. Do you think a lot of that comes down to like trust issues though with employers? Because I think before yeah. this, people would say, "No, you've got to be in the office all the time." And I know certain departments in our in my firm, um, they just work better when they're all there and they need to be in the office. So they're predominantly office based. But we're far more fluid and flexible because ultimately the work needs to get done. And as long as you're doing it, it you're doing it to a good standard. Yeah. You're not getting complaints. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. But I think employers have had to place trust mm. in their employees yeah. because they're not there and they haven't been able to come in and now it's oh, actually they can do it and they yeah. are exactly. working well exactly. so maybe we'll have to be flexible and that's got to lead to you know mm. we've all got huge offices with our firms that are just empty at the moment mm. um everyone's spending a lot of money on that and yeah there's probably going to be a lot of companies i know some that have that are now saying look we're going to do a lot of flexible working yeah, um, yeah. working from home and that's going to be the new norm i think the flip side of that, though, is I do miss the office. Jody, you touched on it before mm-hmm. about being a people person and seeing people mm-hmm. and spending time with people. That's the thing I'm missing the most about lockdown, just is uh, being in the office, not because it enhances your productivity or anything like that from a work perspective, just yeah. the general chit-chat and the banter and then yeah, having a cup of tea or coffee with yeah. somebody. That's well, go, Going out for lunch and after work drinks, yeah. you know, just like the more social side of work as well. I know, I know we're all having a drink now, but it's slightly different, isn't it, when you're just like, oh, do you know what, do you want to just nip out for lunch? And that kind of... Just I don't know. It's just that social side. We we went into the office yesterday, day before yesterday. I went in for the first time, and I met one of my team there. And then we were 
like it was actually with, before I did the news because she was coming in to film it on my phone, on her phone. So, so I said, oh, meet me in town. And we were in the office. We were like, this feels a bit weird. And we were like, should we go for lunch? <laughs> there was nowhere open. We were like, just a meal deal then and we'll sit in the park. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that like, and she, you know, she texted me afterwards and she was like, that was so nice just to have lunch with someone. You know, yes, we were sat at the other end of the bench, but just to physically be in someone's presence that isn't like the person that you live with yeah. um, was really, really nice. Yeah, and that's kind of why, that's yeah. sort of how this thing was born, actually. So it is, yeah. Yeah, we used to do our sort of often Thursday afternoon email would go around at sort of four o'clock saying anyone around for a beer after work. And we would just catch up and talk about crap and talk about yeah. work and offload yeah. and just do this really and just talk about nonsense. And then we found that we sort of gravitated towards continuing to do that in lockdown and realized the value that it was giving us. Like terms of just being able to talk to people and you know get things off your chest and then thought well you know you might as well hit record and see what happens and here we are so here we are nine episodes later and here i am oh i love it oh no well thank you for having me guys like honestly it's a great it's such a it's so refreshing to see a group of lawyers do something like this i think i don't know uh, there might be other podcasts like this but i haven't come across where you've no, got a group of you doing it there's not there's Zero. not you are the best there's not there's not if and there is then even if, even if some new ones come on the scene there's still probably not <laughs> yeah exactly. but i do i do like that i like how there's a group of you and you know you all clearly got on really well and i think it's just a really nice he's just a really nice concept because sometimes it's their, their podcast can be a bit formal and it's very much an interview so that i do really like like the, the vibe that you guys have created we couldn't get away with a formal podcast because we don't know enough about law really <laughs> we, we laugh because it's so true hoping no clients are listening <laughs> yeah, well, we, we probably could have scraped three episodes on law i was gonna right? say yeah. speak for yourself sean most of my clients are listening <laughs> yeah yeah uh, <laughs> the exception we just dragged him along to make up the number <laughs> if, if only that were true <laughs> <laughs> well, we we tend to try and finish these pods with a kind of quick fire round. Um, we need we need to really find out a bit about Jodie. So we do this quick fire round of cut reaction, nothing too complicated. Yeah. Um, so first one is tea or coffee. Oh, coffee definitely black. Oh. <laughs> I think hard call. Lawyers, we'll have to say yeah. that, don't we? Although Chalmers, you're not a coffee fan, are you? No, I'm a tea tea man. I, well, I can drink coffee, but I'm, yeah, I'm a tea man. Jodie is. It's 5 a.m. It's 5 a.m. I'm not making coffee. <laughs> I actually bought a new coffee machine in lockdown. It's amazing. Uh, but I would say, <laughs> if you ask me that question, so in the afternoon I drink tea, in the morning I drink coffee. So, okay. a typical um, lawyer. <laughs> Favourite colour? Um, teal. Ah, oh. oh. drive law. There you go, drive Yeah, your first uh, Yeah, the, the colour, yeah. Yeah, ah. yeah. Like a turquoise colour, if people don't know what teal is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite takeaway? Pizza. Pizza. Love a pizza. Yeah, love a pizza. But it has to be from like a proper, not like a greasy pizza, like proper Italian, like stretched one. Yeah, one of them. Like crispy, yeah. thin pizzas. Thin, yeah, like okay. really proper, proper nice, like it freshly made. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That all day long. Favorite drink? <laughs> uh, it's got to be either, oh, no, this is hard. Okay, probably gin and tonic. I'll go for that season. So that's what I've got today. Yeah. <laughs> it's on my list. It's either that or that or champagne, but then I just sound like, too posh of us. No, everyone we've asked <laughs> everyone we've asked these quick five questions to seems to struggle most on favorite drink and, yeah uh, depends. it's always gin or champagne so yeah <laughs> um what is one thing that's left on your bucket list still to do i still want to go on so i want to go on a surf retreat 
like I want to do like, I, I learned surfing in Bali but I actually want to do like a full-on retreat where you actually oh, wow. proper go and like to Hawaii and like do the like hit the big waves yeah learning surfing in Bali sounds cool oh yeah. yeah that was cool I learned that I learned <laughs> to surf in Bali at Christmas <laughs> as wow. I did on Chris, Christmas day I was like on the on the little, little baby waves doing it all on my own but yeah it's like it's such a cool experience so I just like because I only kind of tried it a little bit yeah. I really want to like go and properly learn and like really get into it so um, so can you do the whole the whole thing then can you pop up and like kind yeah. of t- wow I send. I've got some pics. I'll send some pics. <laughs> <laughs> send us the videos. Do you guys surf? We need. Yeah. We need proof. We need I, proof. I, I've done a little bit of surfing. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, but not as anywhere like Bali. No, I, mine's mine's I've been in Ang- mine's been in Anglesey in North Wales, um, which is uh, <laughs> 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 but, but a very very different experience to Bali. But, uh, <laughs> images then of Darren on a surfboard and the canals of Manchester. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no waves in canals, Sean. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you can you can give it a yeah, go. Come on, <laughs> uh, um, favorite superhero? It's got to be Wonder Woman. Okay, strong. In it for the women, like yeah, it. Yeah, in it for the women, girl power and all that. <laughs> I'm outnumbered today. Yeah, yeah. heavily. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah good choice. <laughs> Quite nice. This because I don't know if you know, Jay. Like in family law world, it is. Predominantly female lawyers. Yeah. So mm. us boys are minorities. Together, clinging on to each other in lockdown. <laughs> Safety in numbers. Uh, something that the professional world doesn't know about you. Probably that I grew up in the army in Germany and went to school over there. Wow. Not a lot of wow. people know that. Yeah. Sort of, where were you in Germany? Paderborn or something? Neither. Yeah, we lived in Bielefeld and Gutterslow, um, and then Paderborn is like the next town to there. Yeah, so I went to school there for a bit, and then I went to school in Cyprus for a year as well. So cool. yeah, bit random. Padbrat right here. Next one. How do you like your steak cooked? Rare, mooing still. Oh, Jody, you are just a person after my own heart. All of your questions are the same answers as mine. Mark's just going tick, tick, tick. Mark and Jody are going to be zooming each other immediately. Yeah, I think right. we... <laughs> space, you and I are going to have our own podcast. Yes. <laughs> podcast, yeah. Called the 5am club. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the breakfast club, I like it. Yeah, I love it. Um, and the last one, if you weren't a lawyer, what would you be? Oh, that's a really tough one. Hmm. Probably something in act like fitness or well-being. I don't know. Like I, I absolutely love if I could be like a professional sports person. I don't know what sport I'd do, but you know, something where you're literally like focusing on exercise every day. I'd do something like that. I literally have no idea. I've always wanted to be a lawyer. Quite sad, really. But <laughs> Dan said he'd be a personal trainer, didn't you, Dan? Yeah, yeah. I'd do something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how good I'd be, but something with exercise, yeah, and just yeah, doing yeah. If definitely. I was like good enough to be a professional like sports person, then I, I I actually play netball, so I'd like love to do that if you actually got paid for it. But I don't think it's uh, women's sport; you don't get paid for right a lot for stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, if I could do anything, it would definitely be like just to do sports all day. Like love it, mm. love exercising. Amazing. Last orders. At- the bar please so that leads us on to our last section of the pod which is mr chalmers it's your turn isn't it to do name, name the, the pod. pod it is yeah i've um had a quick think uh and i i first of all i don't think we mentioned but i love the name of like the thrive tribe that oh, yeah. comes up on all your websites that's really cool uh so i was thinking around that i was thinking about the harley quinn comment and uh, <laughs> oh, and, and the um the potential for wobble rooms but i landed on 
um, Jodie talking about her personal experiences and that she had a breakthrough. So I thought we could call this the Breakthrough Pod. Nice. nice. That that. I thought cool. that was a cool, a cool story. Yeah. And I, like, I like the way you've looked at that in your own life. So mm. uh, maybe this will, you know, now that we can chuck Jodie's name in on sort of our <laughs> tweets and Instagram, the uh, <laughs> we are breakthrough pods. So I thought that'd be yeah. it. Oh no, I love that. Well, yeah, I'll definitely share it. So. Yeah, awesome. Wow, Thank brilliant. you for having me. Yeah, you've got no choice on that matter, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like hounding me. Uh, on that note, guys, I should probably say, well, Thank you to everyone for joining us today for our episode. And whilst we're talking about Twitter, we would absolutely love for you to follow the Without Prejudice podcast. Our handle is WPPod. And you can also subscribe via your podcast provider. We're on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, the lot. Um, and give us a comment or two. Alternatively, you can drop us an email at withoutprejudicepodcast at gmail.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Ab, nicely done, Mark. Nicely done, done Mark. Sean is itching for me to mess that up. He gets in much better at that. You notice that I don't look at the screen now when I have to say that bit. <laughs> that felt like Mark had prepared his closing speech the morning after a trial. I've dwelt on that ending for quite a long time. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, look, Jodie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Jodie. Thank you, Jodie. the quiz. Thank you, Jodie. Yeah, I'm going to go get dressed up now. Wait. <laughs> I, might, I might post something yeah. on social media, watch this space. Yeah, put a picture what I end up up looking on like. social media. Please, can yeah. you do, yeah, do yeah. a Father Quinn photo. Oh, um, my God. I, should, I didn't get any hair dye. Yeah, I'll tag your podcast. I'll do it. Deal. Deal. Good stuff. And lads, pleasure as always. Pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Take care, guys. See you next week. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Bye. That's time.